everybody. Welcome to The Writer Chick with your host, Kay Nicole. Warning y'all now, there's going to be some minor language in this. So if that bothers you, then I'm sorry. And if not, then feel free to listen on. So hope y'all had a good week. See, by the time this episode goes up, I don't know how my week's going to be because I'm recording this like two weeks early and I'm scheduling it. So who knows? I usually do this in real time, but I have an abundance of energy this morning. So I'm just going to record this now. But anyways, this is past Kayla talking. So I don't know if future Kayla's going to have a good week by the time this goes up, but whatever. I'm really not. It's just not any of my concern. So I don't know if you feel in your spirit that you want to give me some money then feel free to hit the link down below in the episode notes or um, on my bio or whatever. You can donate if you wish. I don't really care. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Spotify. So if you're listening to this on the platform of your choice, hello. It's nice to meet you. And if you're a first-time listener, it's also nice to meet you. Um, Another thing, sign up for my email list, y'all. Please do that if you want to receive updates because I know some of y'all are not following this podcast so if you're not following the podcast then sign up for my email list so you stay up to date with other stuff and you might even get sneak peeks into things that you might not get anywhere else so feel free also if you want to just see into my life a little bit more or you want to get updates as well on there then follow me at k the writer on instagram that's k-a-e the writer it will be down below in the show notes too in case you you know, forget. But yeah, please follow me. Run up those numbers. So today's episode is a book review, which I already told y'all about last episode, but I didn't tell y'all which book it was. The book we're going to be talking about today is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I probably butchered that. I apologize. But that was the best way I could say it. I actually read this book in 2021. So it's been a minute because now it's 2022. I don't know why I almost said 2023, but it's 2022. So it's been about a year, a little over a year since I've read this book, but I was scrolling through the blog post again, because I was looking for like new episode ideas, or I was looking at all the old episodes I still had in my queue. And I was looking for which one to record. And this one popped up and I was like, you know, why don't I talk about this one? It's been a minute, but I still feel like it resonates on some level. So I was like, let's talk about it today. Plus, I needed a book review. And like y'all know, I've been having a hard time reading lately. So we got to reuse and recycle. I actually had this book recommended to me by a friend of mine at the time. They were really into like reading spiritual books and whatever the fuck. And I was like, oh, okay. And we got, you know, we, we, we became friends with our love of reading. That was one of the things that we had in common. And I remember them recommending this book. And I was like, okay, well, I'll check it out because I've heard of it. But I just never had the time. And it was a good book. It Some aspects of it changed my life, at least back then it did. I don't know about now because it's been so long since I've read it. But a lot of the stuff he did say did resonate at the time when I read it. Nowadays, maybe not. Maybe still. Who knows? It's been a while. He also wrote them in a way that was digestible and hard-hitting, which I kind of liked. Because you know how some self-help books, they are just, it's like a lot of information packed up at once. And it, it just boggles you down. So you have a hard time even rotating it. But what I liked about this is that he made it easy to understand, but it also was something that could resonate as well. I'm going to actually compare this to one other book I read or was trying to read. But that's actually one book that I have yet to finish. I've only gotten 70 pages in, but it's because it's such a heavy book and there's so many things to 
learn that it's one of those books you have to kind of read slowly and it's really hard to digest all the information at once but the difference with this book the four agreements it's easy to understand and it's easy to fly through so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I don't know but I just I don't know I enjoyed it that it was a little more easy to read and digest and whatever so the main idea of the book is to talk about the four agreements so the first one is be impeccable with your word the second is don't take anything personally the third is don't make assumptions and the fourth is always do your best now he does talk about at first is about how we come into this world and we're usually molded into what the world wants us to be and we never really have an opportunity to know ourselves or be free to do so because the world and the people around us always create us to like follow the rules and their expectations and their beliefs and their this and their that. And we usually put up this wall to avoid punishment and judgment because the world has told us that you need to be a certain way in order to be accepted. And I actually think that's kind of true because I do believe that when we go when we come into this world we are subjected to our cultural expectations our societal expectations what people think we should do and who we should be and and all that like so for example let's think about let's think about gender for a minute about boys and girls right so i saw this post on instagram a couple weeks ago where they were comparing two different toys so and two different like sayings on each um like shirt for boys and girls so for the girls their little professional toys you know the toys where you can dress up and shit it was like a hairdresser right it you had the baby dolls you had the kitchen you had you had all the girly things the the things that society thinks women should do like women should stay home and be in the kitchen women can't do this women can't do that they should take care of babies all the dumb like be basically be domestic right and then for the dudes It's like, oh, you're brave and strong and this and that. Oh, play with the cars, build stuff. Um, You can do anything you want, right? You could be a doctor. You could be an astronaut. You could do all this shit, right? But why is it different for women? And why is it different for men? And why can't men like the things that girls like? And why can't girls like the things that boys like? It's things like that that makes you see how even as a kid or even just coming into this world, we're already told who we're supposed to be based off something that's between our legs, right? And then it gets even deeper with culture and race and other things like that. It's just, we're already predetermined into who we're supposed to be that we don't even have the opportunity to even discover like who we really are because society has already said who you are. They're like, oh, well, based off what, physical characteristics we can see oh you're supposed to be like this 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 and this and this but they don't take the time to really understand like oh well you are a person who has to figure themselves out and understand who they are so I do think that's actually pretty true especially in our society now where people just always want to change you and turn you into who they think they want you to be and it's kind of sad that we don't even have the opportunity to really be our true authentic selves without even being judged for it. Because a lot of the time, if you're really true to yourself, sometimes people will judge you because people are assholes and they're miserable. I actually have a passage from the book where he was kind of talking about that. I'm not going to read it because it's too long and I don't feel like doing that. So if you want to read it yourself, you can just find it on my site and then you can just read it and follow along if you want. It's up to you. 
and then at the bottom, he goes more into depth about this. And he says that this creates this like psychological need to obtain a level of perfection that doesn't exist. And we usually end up forming an abusive relationship with ourselves because we spend so much time beating ourselves up for mistakes and we ridicule ourselves. And he calls this cycle, like it was the judge and the victim mentality and ridiculing you for things that maybe you can't control. Or it's like, you should do this better. Why are you not doing this? Why do you look like this? Oh, maybe you need to do this differently. And you start beating yourself up because you're then you're like, well, I'm not doing this right, but then I should be doing this right. And then it's like a constant cycle. So yes, I kind of understand where that's coming from, but I don't know if that's for everyone. I don't, I don't know if that's everybody, but I know that some people probably do that. I'm one of those people who does that where I'll nitpick shit because it's like other people told me, oh, why are you not doing it like this? Or you're not doing this right. Or they're trying to push what they push their own beliefs onto me. And I'm like, but I'm not you though. So they be pushing their own insecurities or projecting their own shit on me. And I'm like, bro, I'm not what you, what you won't do or what you don't like to do. has nothing to do with me because I like doing it. So who gives a fuck? I like to do it. That makes me comfortable. If it doesn't make you comfortable, that's fine. That's you, but it makes me comfortable. You know, that's, that's, for example, like, let's say somebody likes walking out in short mini skirts, but I don't, I'm not going to judge you for going out in short mini skirts because that's something you like to do. But just like, you're not going to judge me for going out in sweatpants all the time, because that's what I like to do. You know, like there's just no point in it. Same thing. There is a passage at the bottom. If you want to read it when he's talking about how we create our own hell, I do think that's true because I've probably said this before. It's been a minute, though, so I don't really remember. Don't quote me. But a lot of people I've heard usually say you manifest your own reality. And I do think that's true. I do think depending on your mindset, it can change your perception on how your life's going. Because if you continuously look at things from a negative perspective, everything is going to be negative. Your whole life is going to be negative. But if you consider, if you choose to look at things from a more positive front or a more grateful front, then things will shift in that direction. Now, I'm not saying you can't feel those negative emotions. You're going to. It's You're human. It's just a matter of how you pick yourself up. That's all. You're allowed to feel those things and you're allowed to ruminate. You're allowed to, you're allowed to feel them, acknowledge them, understand them, but it's a matter of how you pick yourself up. It's, it's, it's when you sit in them too long is when you start looking at it from a negative perspective and that's when you start creating this, this, fucked up reality that doesn't have to be that way you know what I mean it's a lot easier said than done of course it is but it's just a matter of how you choose to keep seeing the world regardless of what's going on you know what I mean so yeah I guess that's essentially what he's saying and that's what essentially what I'm trying to say because I struggled (laughs) trust me I had to cut out quite a bit because I was rambling for at least five minutes prior to, to figuring what out figuring out what I wanted to say so yeah that's the best way I can explain it Because I don't want to be that guy who says, be positive all the time and ignore all your negative emotions because that's toxic positivity and don't do that, please. (laughs) I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that just because you're depressed and thinking negatively all the time that you're wrong for it. No, you're not. Shit happens. I mean, yeah, it's okay to be blue. And it's okay to be really positive. But it's just a matter of how you channel that. And it's just a matter of how you pick yourself up. And it's just a matter of not sitting in that too long. So it's it's essentially like don't sit in the emotions for too long, but also do not ignore them either. It's it's like a healthy balance between the two. 
and just, you know, I don't want to say have a level of gratefulness because that can come off as fucked up because some people are like, I can be grateful, but still be this and this and this. And I'm like, yes, that's true. Yes. But like, your problems are valid, but you should also think about the things you do have too. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, don't think your problems aren't valid and shit and you're being ungrateful because you're feeling this way. No, you're not ungrateful at all. Not in the slightest, just because you feel a certain way. But it's just a matter of understanding the bigger picture here and understanding that even if this sucks right now, I do still have things to be grateful for, you know? Even if it's small, like, I still have my dog, you know? I'm breathing. That's something to be grateful for. I'm breathing. The sun is out. You know, it's little things. You got to think about the little things that make life worth living. It was funny because I was having that conversation with my mom the other day because she was talking about feeling like that. And I was like, yeah, you know, I understand. And then she was talking about how she has to remember that there are little things still to be grateful for regardless. Even if there's shit going on that is fucked up, there's still little things. There's something you can be grateful for, even if it's dumb. Even if it's just like, I'm grateful for the blade of grass. There's still something. So don't think there isn't anything. It doesn't have to be big. I know people are like, it has to be big shit. No, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, so that was like some of the stuff he was talking about in the beginning of the book, I guess, from what I wrote a year ago. <laughs> but um, I think after this, yeah, that was some of what he wrote. And some of that is true. I can agree. And I'm not going to say I was perfect because I've I've done it too. I've I've been in those situations where... I let myself get too deep into the negative headspace and it just felt like my whole life was negative and everything sucked and I didn't really find any joy in anything. Um, And it's not healthy at the end of the day. And I'm still something I'm working on, but I can say I've been getting better that I'm learning to sit in the emotion, but let it go and just keep pushing. And I can still see life from a really nice perspective. I have my moments, but I can still see life from a, a, perspective of well look at all the things I do have and look at all the people who are around me and you know I'm doing okay (laughs) I'm doing fine now let's get into the four agreements let's let's talk about what they are and get into depth about it so the first one be impeccable with your word so in the four agreements the author talks about being impeccable with your words so this just means be mindful of the fact that your words have power to bless people or destroy them and that is very very true You know that saying where they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I think that's bullshit. Um, Words do have the power to hurt you because to do something to somebody, but it's like, I feel like the words have more impact because it's shit you remember. You'll remember how somebody made you feel, man. You may not always remember what they say, but you'll remember how they made you feel and how those words impacted you. You know what I mean? So they do have the power to completely shift your perception of self. And you can be the reason behind why someone may think something completely opposite of who they are, or you may be the reason why they're more confident. So the author does talk about how if you allow it to happen, words have the ability to plant themselves in your head. And he refers to them, those words and those things as agreements, I guess, in some way. So for example, let's talk about me, I guess, because this this podcast is about me. (laughs) Yeah, no. Let's see, because I've had a lot of those moments, so it's hard to say, but I know I have friends, right? I I know. I have friends. (laughs) I have friends. And when we first, first met, we, we, it was like a whole friend group. And I'm going to try to keep this, because I know some of my friends actually do listen to this, so they know of it, but they don't necessarily know how that made me feel because I've never really told them or how that really impacted me. 
some know, some don't, but it's just, it's like, because the thing is, it's hard for me to talk about how something made me feel, especially if I think it's not important in the moment, but it is important because it did make me feel some type of way because I'm one of those people where I shut down or clam up. My boyfriend hates it. He hates this about me, but it's just, it's like a defense mechanism, I guess. I don't know. Cause I think it's because I'm so used to people dismissing what I say or trying to twist it into where it's my fault that it's just easier not to fucking say anything if it's not a big deal, or at least if I think it's not a big deal. But in hindsight, it is a big deal because it made me feel bad, and I should have been honest about it when it happened, but, you know. Like, I'll tell other people how that made me feel, but I won't tell the person directly because it's like, I don't even want to start a fight with you. It's not even worth it at all. But it's not really a healthy thing to do, so don't be like me. Don't be like me. But what I'm saying is I actually had... I have, a, I have a friend group of people, right? I have one friend in particular who I don't think she meant to be malicious. I don't think that was her intent. Because she's not a malicious person, like, not in the slightest. But she did say some things, particularly about my body, and that's something I do struggle with still, that even though it may have been a joke, it did plant something in my head that maybe negatively think about myself you know what I mean because she'd be like oh you don't have a butt oh you don't have boobs and I don't <laughs> like let's not cap I mean it's a there's like a little meat there but it ain't no like I'm not like a Megan Thee Stallion I'm not like these big booty bitches right I'm not like that okay no shade to Megan she's gorgeous but I'm not like that I'm not curvy I'm not no I'm very kind of up and down I got a little bit where it matters but that's about it I'm I, you know I'm not super big I'm not super I'm like really tiny right I'm very tiny I don't have a lot of carbs you know I'm one of them so she would say them things and yeah at first it was funny yeah okay ah, ha, ha, yeah because I poked I poke fun at myself so I'm like oh you know it's funny ah, ha, 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 right but eventually it just got to a point where it was just too much and as and I started noticing that I started looking at myself differently I started looking at myself more negatively and I also had other people do the same thing. So it just, it didn't help because then it just reinforced this idea that, oh, I'm not pretty or, oh, I should look like this in order to be beautiful because that's what I've been seeing online. So damn, I should look like thick. I should look curvy in order to attract attention or at least to feel beautiful or look beautiful to other people around me because clearly what I have now isn't enough and it's not, it's not good enough, right? So it just reinforced that idea. and. It took a while to untangle that, and it still is taking a while to untangle that. And thank you for my boyfriend for being such a good person because he takes the time to tell me that you're beautiful, your body's perfect, like you're doing the most. <laughs> because it's like, Kayla, like stop, you're you're gorgeous, right? And sometimes it'd be, it, it, like I remember when we first started dating, it was hard for me to believe for a while, right? Because I used to talk down to myself around him. He'd be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And he would uplift me. So I respect him for that. And it's still something I'm working on. It's still something I'm getting used to. But I'm at a point now where I actually like who I see in the mirror, which is weird because for the longest time, this has been an ongoing struggle since like junior year of high school. It's been a process. I can't, man, the amount of hatred I had for myself was ridiculous. But I, uh, it's something that has really shifted and I think it's because now I have better people around me or, you know, the people who did say those things, it, 
I don't know. It's just different. But it's a lot easier now. I look at myself in the mirror now and I like who I see. I like who I'm becoming. And I think I'm gorgeous. It's easier said than done. We all have our off days. But I can at least say I look in the mirror and I do like who I see. I can't say I hate myself as much anymore. And even if it seems like joking in the moment, maybe you didn't even mean it like that. That may be something that they carry with them for years later. And it may be an insecurity that you reinforced. I even have another example of this. Let's let me since since we're talking with each other and since this is going to be a long episode anyway, let's get into it. So I had a ex-boyfriend who made fun of something that has been a problem for years with me. The thing is, I sleep with my eyes open. I don't know why, but like normally if you watch me sleep, my eyes aren't like fully open. I'm not like staring in your soul and shit, but like it's like a little flutter. So it looks like I'm like half sleep, but I'm really not. I'm like deep in sleep. It's just I kind of sleep with like a crack in my eye. Okay. I don't know why. It's been like that for years. My family knows about it. I've had friends who knew about it and never commented. And I would ask them, they'd be like, oh, I never even noticed. Or it's like, oh, well, I thought you were half asleep. It wasn't anything to bring up, right? So it never bothered me, right? It never bothered me. It was just something I did. Until I had this motherfucker. This guy was like, oh, that's creepy. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, why do you sleep with your eyes open? I was scared when I looked at you and da 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 So something that I wasn't even insecure about now became an insecurity. And now, ever since then, I warn everyone that I'm with. If I'm ever sleeping around you, I will warn you in advance that, hey, I sleep with my eyes open. So if you see that, don't be alarmed. But it was never something I did before until he said that. So that's what I'm saying. Planted a seed in my head. So this is where I'm saying, like, be careful with your words and be mindful about what you say to people. Because it's things like that that can make or break a person. So if you're one of those people who says stupid shit like that, watch yourself. And it's something I got to work on, too, because sometimes I overly joke and don't even mean it. Sometimes I do, too. I mean, it's just something we all do. And sometimes our intention isn't meant to be terrible, but it comes across as bad. So it's just something to be mindful of. So be impeccable with your word. We all have the power to hurt people. We all have the power to uplift people. It's just a matter of how you use it. So, yeah. Let that be a lesson. So the second agreement is don't take anything personally. So what exactly does this mean in the grand scheme of things? It basically means that no matter what someone may say to you, you shouldn't take it personally. Now, of course, this may depend on the situation because sometimes if somebody shouldn't on your name, you need to take it personally. So then you can whoop their ass and defend your honor. Okay, so take this with a grain of salt, of course, because it really, it's like a case-by-case basis. But I do think he's not wrong in that some things you just shouldn't take personally. Like, it's really it's really a reflection on how they feel about themselves, and it has nothing to necessarily do with you. Because they're only, they're too afraid to deal with their own hurt and their own self-hate. So the easiest thing for them to do is to bring you down. It's kind of like a bully, you know. I've had people in my life where they would shit on me, call me names tell me I'm this, tell me I'm that, try to degrade me. But in reality, everything they were saying to me is how they felt about themselves. And instead of dealing with that, the best thing is to degrade someone else and make them feel just as bad as they do, because it makes them feel better to to know that they're not the only one. So it's just one of those things that happens and you just have to discern when to take it personally and when not to, and when to let it go and when to do something about it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a discretion based thing, but 
the world is filled with people who don't know who they are and you know they're too afraid to seek the freedom that comes with finding out so don't take it personally when someone is choosing to take their pain out on you you can be compassionate about it and understand but that doesn't mean you also have to accept it either if it's really fucked up like don't don't think just because oh they're being ass <laughs> they're saying something bad about you that oh you should just turn the other cheek every time no there's like i said there are sometimes it needs to be on site so use your discretion but you you should practice some compassion sometimes and know when it's coming from a place of genuine like they're just an asshole and a place from just insecurities and hurt you know there's there's different ways that people do that so yeah so the third agreement is don't make assumptions because i think we've all heard the saying don't assume because it makes you makes an ass out of you and me yeah essentially this is what this says so the killer of all dreams is assumptions because humans are addicted to suffering which I don't know. Um, in <laughs> rereading this back, mm, I don't know. I feel like some are. Like I said, some people again, like is misery loves company. Some people really are addicted to that shit, and they like the feeling of being of be, of suffering. Like some people really like that shit. They're like they're weird. But then some people really aren't. So it's like hard to say. I think it's like I said. I think it just depends on the person. But he does say we make assumptions on how people will think about us, whether they'll judge us. And we always assume that people see the world the same way we see it. And we usually think that's because someone should know who we are, should know what we're thinking. We end up creating conflicts within our relationships and within ourselves because we choose to assume instead of asking the right questions. Or we don't take time to evaluate the situation, which can lead to miscommunication and a lot of problems. And bruh if this isn't my life um because (laughs) if this is not my life guys i'm so sorry if that was really loud by the way but it's just i felt this in my soul you know because i can't count the amount of times that i've had people tell me oh well you should have just known what i was thinking when i'm like how am i supposed to know that if you didn't communicate that or you don't ask the right questions so a good example of this would be like Let's say you're seeing this person, right? Let's say you've been seeing this person for a while and you, I don't know, you really like this person, the other person really likes you, but you guys don't tell each other. You're assuming that maybe the other person doesn't want a relationship with you, or maybe you're assuming they want a relationship with you, but you don't really know they want a relationship with you because then you didn't even ask the question. So now y'all are just living in this limbo thinking y'all don't want to be with each other, but maybe want to be with each other, but then you don't really know because it's like you guys aren't asking each other. So you're assuming that maybe this person wants one with you, but that you haven't solidified it or assuming that they don't want one with you when they really do. It could be one of two ways, right? It comes down to just asking the right questions. Because like I said, if you assume you're making an ass out of you and me, you're basically ruining a relationship for it even starts if you can't even fucking communicate about those things, right? It's just not going to work. Because I know, for example, my boyfriend never asked me to be his girlfriend because we were walking to get food one day or something. I think that's what we were doing. We were walking to get like food or something, right? We were holding hands. By this point, we kissed, we cuddled, we did all, you know, the fucking girlfriend boyfriend shit but we weren't there was no title attached not that you need a title you don't need a title okay but i'm one of those people who likes to just know where we stand okay i just need to know that because i'm not gonna be like you're my boyfriend but then you're like no i'm not really like that like it's this shit's casual like i 
because I don't want to assume you're my boyfriend, but you really ain't even thinking I'm your girlfriend. And then it's a whole disconnect, right? So I needed to be sure. And he had said, oh, he was talking about something, something, something. And he had said, my girl. And I was like, I'm your girl, which means I'm your girlfriend, but you ain't asked me to be your girlfriend yet. So I was curious. So I waited in a couple hours after. I asked him straight up. I said, I have a question for you. He's like, what? And I was like, am I, so you said my girl earlier. Does that mean we're together? And he looked at me and went, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I wasn't aware of this shit. And he was like, oh, well, my bad. But I thought it was clear. Like, yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, he thought I already knew this, but I didn't know this. Because he had assumed I knew this. And I had assumed maybe he didn't want a relationship with me or something, right? But that wasn't the case. So me asking the right question of, hey, are we together, solidified that we're together. And now we're a year strong. So that's what I'm saying. It's things like that you have to ask those questions instead of just assuming that you know the answer. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect at this because there are moments I do the same thing. I do this all the time. But it's something I'm trying to recognize. And rereading this actually made it come full circle. You can read the whole passage if you want. Like I said, follow along if you want to. Don't matter. It is what it is. But anyways, continuing off of this, because apparently there's more. I didn't even realize that because I got into the first part and I was like, dang, that's that's hitting. But there clearly there's more. So let's get into the rest. Another thing I wrote down that I guess he had said is that in an odd way, we like to have the drama. We like to suffer, which is why it's easy to pretend like we have the answer or to assume what we want to believe. So it fits our own personal narrative instead of just asking for the truth. And yes and no. Yes and no. I think some people like the drama because some people thrive off of drama. They really do. They really do. And some people don't. So I wouldn't say this is everybody. I wouldn't say this is everybody. But I would say that some people do. And then in terms of we want to believe something because it fits our own personal narrative yeah yeah because we're more focused on our own perception instead of someone else's so we like to make usually I feel like this is something I'm not diagnosing anyone but I feel like a lot of people do this but I feel like it's worse with like narcissists in particular yeah I feel like it's worse with narcissists because they really try to think that they're the bee's fucking knees and will really really try to like create their own reality where they're right and you're wrong <laughs> even though they're clearly in the wrong I can relate because I have I have a narcissistic family member so yeah it'd be like that a lot where they'll be like oh you're wrong though I didn't do anything wrong y'all don't like this y'all y'all don't want to deal with me y'all don't want to do this y'all don't want to do that blah 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 and we'll think it's our fault that we're acting weird towards them, but really it's their fault because they're being antisocial and are snapping at us every time we try to be nice. So it's like, they try to act like we're the villain all the time. And it's like, nah, homie, it's you. <laughs> like, it's all you, bro. It's all you. It's just, I feel like that's more of a narcissistic thing, but I don't know. I'm not a psychologist or therapist, so I'm not going to diagnose anybody. Another thing that he wrote down that I clearly, damn, I had a lot to say back then hell so i said according to the author we create emotional poison by doing this and that emotional poison puts us deeper into the hell we're living in and it creates negative emotions like anger jealousy greed etc like let's say maybe you assume somebody should have did something and then you get angry about it because they didn't do what you wanted them to do but then you didn't really tell them so you kind of are creating this narrative that doesn't exist and then you're getting angry and upset and you're harming yourself like because they they say anger really harms you not the other person because it's very true even though you may be angry at somebody you may think that 
oh, if I'm angry at them, then it's going to make them feel bad or I'm hurting them in the process of being angry. Not necessarily. You're really hurting yourself at the end of the day. So I guess that's what he means. And it's just this constant cycle, which I can understand. It was funny because I was watching a video earlier. This is YouTuber um, Steph Anya. I think that's her name. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I found her yesterday and I've been binge watching her videos ever since. And she was talking about how usually you have like, there was one video she was doing. She was talking about Joe from you. And she was saying how humans usually have like, like a surface emotion, like let's say anger or whatever. That's like a surface emotion or like a secondary emotion. But then underneath that, you got to get to the core emotion, which are usually things like you feel abandoned or embarrassed or this or that. Basically, in order to really escape this, you have to be able to ask the right questions without any fear. And you have to keep yourself from assuming, you know, you have to understand that people's perspectives and ideas are all different. And you have to avoid the need to judge them for those different perspectives. And you have the right to ask questions and receive answers if you choose so. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask someone a question don't be afraid to get an answer to something that's bothering you and you know just just the first step to not really assuming that people know what you're thinking or people are going to do what you want to do because that's just not the case sometimes so the fourth agreement is always do your best this may seem pretty straightforward because for most of our life we've always had people tell us to do our best and to be our best However, doing your best kind of stems from this idealistic view of perfection. And it's the same perfection that keeps us from being patient with ourselves. And it's the same perfection that makes us afraid of failure and disappointment. And it's the same perfection that pushes us further away from learning about ourselves. So doing your best doesn't necessarily mean striving for perfection. Because the thing is, perfection doesn't exist. And that's just not how shit works. So don't stress yourself out trying to reach this goal that doesn't even exist. And the thing is, doing your best may change every day. So one day your best might be finishing a project, and another it may be getting out of bed. But regardless, you did your best, and that's all that matters. So doing your best doesn't have to be being overly productive and being um, that girl and waking up at 6 a.m. every day and going to the gym and eating fruit smoothies and doing other shit that you think you should be doing because of what people put online. No. Sometimes doing your best really is very it could be that simple as getting out of bed or brushing your teeth or making yourself breakfast in the morning maybe you don't normally do that but doing your best is maybe making yourself breakfast and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that so the main foundation of this principle is to be patient and to stop abusing yourself for not doing what you think you should be doing it's about living life and about being a loving and compassionate human being and it's about finding the deeper meaning behind who you are and what life truly means. It's not about being the best version of yourself for others to see. It's about being the best version of yourself for you. And that best version will change. And that's okay. You're wasting your time trying to be a better version of yourself because of what you see online or trying to be a better version of yourself so other people can validate you. It's not how that works. So just be the best version of yourself that you want to be. Your best version may be waking up every day at 10, but there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're comfortable and you're happy with who you are, then that's all that matters, baby. Do you? You have the power to create your own reality. You have the power to do anything you set your mind to. So what are my final thoughts on the book? I think it's a good read. I think it's something you should read at least once. I think there's some things that he says that you can take out and that you can apply to your life. And then I think there are some things that I'm like, okay, it's a little bit of a stretch. So instead of a five out of five, like I originally gave it, I'll probably give it like a four out of five. 
yeah, like a four out of five. I think it's a good read. I think it's something you can use. And I think it's a good stepping stone if you're trying to get more into like spiritual reads or whatever. I think it's I think it's stuff you could take with a grain of salt. You know, I think for the most part, it's a good read if you're looking for something interesting. So yeah, that is the end of the episode, guys. If you want to talk about it or go more into depth about it, then feel free to, you know, leave a comment. You shoot me DM, don't matter, don't care. But otherwise, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. And oh, and if you actually have any more recommendations for books to read, let me know. Especially books like this or fiction. It doesn't really matter. I don't have a great day, night, afternoon. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay gorgeous. I'll see you next time. Bye.